Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. One huge story in California that's crept up on me over the summer has been the recall election of Governor Gavin Newsom. The last day to vote is less than three weeks away, and it's a really close race. When I got my ballot in the mail and opened it up, I saw dozens of names I didn't recognize. So I thought, all right, I'm going to need some help figuring out who these candidates are and why they think they should replace the governor. It's so interesting because if you had asked me this in the beginning of the year, and I think if you had asked most people this, we would have said, no way, there's no way, this is not going to happen. Today, we'll meet the top six candidates to replace Governor Gavin Newsom, if he's recalled from office. I think in California, because we often have a lot of propositions on our ballots and a lot of offices to fill, um, we're used to seeing multiple pages, whereas this one only has two questions. Katie Orr is a reporter with KQED's Politics and Government Desk. The first, should Governor Gavin Newsom be recalled, yes or no? And the second, if he is recalled, who would you like to see replace him? And I think this is where it could be pretty confusing is that there are 46 candidates listed um, (laughs) as possible replacements. I should note there are actually only 45 running now. Uh, Former Uh Congressman Doug Osi recently dropped out of the race after having a heart attack. But still, 46 names that people are going to see, unalphabetized, I may say, um, and and people who a lot of people haven't even heard about. So how would you kind of just describe the pool of candidates just in broad strokes? A lot of those people are what they call like vanity candidates. The bar for getting on the ballot is relatively low in terms of the number of signatures needed and the filing fees you have to pay. So, you know, there are people that will jump on there just as a way to get a little publicity boost. Mm. They're not actually serious candidates. So how do we know who actually stands a chance then? Well, at KQED, we have um, gone off a recent um, Berkeley IGS poll and looked at the ones that were rated in the top six by voters as potential replacements for Governor Gavin Newsom. And that's fairly common. A lot of news organizations do that because, you know, let's face it, it's very hard to have a debate with 46 people, especially when you know most of them are not going to, you know, register as a blip in the results. Why don't we start by talking about Larry Elder? I know from you know the headlines that he's a conservative talk show radio host. What do we know about him? He I, has a spot on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Larry Elder here, the sage from South Central, the Prince of Pico Union, the czar of common sense, the great Elderski, Don Lorenzo, 
Welcome to the program. No victocrats allowed because we've got a country to save. So let's get her teed up. His show is um, syndicated, has a really large following. He's also written books. So he is definitely well known um, in conservative pundit circles. So can we dispense with this nonsense that Hillary supporters were not violent? Hillary supporters would not have stormed the Capitol on January 6th had she been president. Please. Do you ever watch anything other than CNN, Emerson Bihiha? You ever get out of the house, talk to anybody else? He's running as a Republican, calls himself a libertarian with like a small L, meaning he doesn't believe that government should be involved in in a lot of the day-to-day decisions uh, that people make. Um, He believes there should be no minimum wage, effectively a $0 minimum wage. Uh, He says he would roll back recent gas tax increases, which fund road repairs in the state. He would uh, suspend some of the state's environmental regulations, perhaps pursue a school choice policy. So certainly nothing like we've seen in California for the past several decades. What kinds of voters has Elder attracted to his campaign, would you say? I think he is attracting a lot of uh, people who supported former President Donald Trump. He has, you know, played up his connections with him. There are pictures of them posing together. A lot of the same attributes in terms of his being a talk show host and Donald Trump was a reality TV host, uh, sort of given credit by his supporters for telling it like it is. Mm. Um, he's also drawing a lot of support from people who think that Governor Gavin Newsom has overreached on uh, his COVID regulations. When I become governor, assuming there are still mandates for vaccines and mandates for face masks, they will be repealed before I have my first cup of tea. I've also seen a number of controversies about Elder, including things that he said about women in the workplace and this political story involving his ex-fiance. What are those about? Larry Elder holds some controversial views about women. He's been called out for an article he wrote um, in the early 2000s about some research done regarding men and women and and politics. He claimed that the research shows women uh, retain political knowledge uh, less than men and are also more easily manipulated. Elder has also said that employers should be allowed to ask women if they plan to become pregnant. He says it is a way for employers to uh, protect their investment. He's also compared it to sports teams forbidding their athletes from taking part in like dangerous activities that are not related to their sports and, and that might hurt them. <laughs> The Politico story talked to Alexandra Dadig. She's a former fiance and a radio producer for Elder. Um, And she told Politico that uh, one night in 2015, they were having a disagreement. She says Elder was high on marijuana and that as they were talking, uh, he pulled out a gun and checked to see if it was loaded. Um, He didn't point it at her or you know, anything like that, but it was, hmm. she took it clearly as a sign of um, intimidation. And she's mm-hmm. actually just tweeted about it recently, um, calling it a domestic violence abuse. And how is he polling right now? Well, the Berkeley IGS poll uh, gave him um, 18% of support among voters, which, you know, again, in a normal election, wouldn't be enough. Right, but yeah. <laughs> in this election, uh, where it's just if, if question one passes and the top vote getter becomes the, the next governor, he's sitting in a relatively good spot. 
I think he's really um, a right-wing darling. <laughs> uh, he is in the vein of some of the more extreme conservative candidates we've seen in recent years, certainly including Donald Trump. Uh, he doesn't have any governing experience, but he has a lot of conservative political appeal. All right, next up we have Kevin Faulkner, former mayor of San Diego. And Katie, I, I before this interview, you mentioned that you've actually covered him for a while? Yes, he was on the city council when I was working at KPBS in San Diego, and I was their metro reporter, so I covered okay. city council. So what what's his record like in San Diego as mayor? He was largely seen as being a moderate Republican, certainly when I was uh, covering him around 2008, 2009. Um, he campaigned for pension reform in the city, which mm. voters approved, but was ultimately thrown out by the courts. Um, and as mayor, it looks like he has had sort of a mixed record. Uh, he worked with the majority Democratic City Council to develop um, greenhouse gas reduction plans. He took you know, moderate social issues, supports a pathway to citizenship. Mm -hmm. But he's been criticized for bad real estate deals that are still costing uh, the mm. city money and some of his actions regarding homelessness. And so what has Faulkner said he would do as governor or wants to do? Well, he really has made addressing homelessness a big part of his campaign. Homelessness is not a partisan issue. It's a moral issue. And letting someone live outdoors in an unsafe, unclean, unsanitary environment means they're going to die in that environment. <clears throat> We're better than that. His actual record, as I mentioned, is mixed. Um, he was aggressive about clearing homelessness encampments in California, but critics say that really just moved people to other places. Hmm. It didn't actually address the issue, though he did add some shelter beds. Um, he really took some heat for being mayor while a large hepatitis A outbreak was raging among the homeless population that left hundreds of people sick and actually 20 people died because of that. And he has been criticized for not taking a stronger stance on that when it was beginning. You mentioned how he, you know, kind of sees himself or, or wants to carve himself as, as more of a moderate Republican. Um, is he trying to differentiate himself from somebody like Larry Elder? Oh, absolutely. For instance, in a recent debate, uh, the question was actually about minimum wage and uh, if he supported, if Faulkner supported a minimum wage, and if so, how much. He said he did support a minimum wage, but then sort of flipped and started talking about some views Elder expressed in an early 2000s essay regarding women and their political knowledge. Faulkner harshly called out Elder for those claims um, and said that they don't represent uh, California or California voters. When he said that women, quote, no less than men, that they are easier to, quote, manipulate, and that he believes that it's okay to discriminate against women, including pregnant women, in the workplace. That's bullshit. Many elected Republicans have also tried to have it both ways when it comes to supporting former President Donald Trump, right? Like they maybe condemned some of the stuff he said, but they also don't want to alienate his supporters. How has Kevin Faulkner approached that? Faulkner has said he did not vote for Trump in 2016, hmm. 
but then said he did vote for him in 2020. And there's oh. actually a picture of Faulkner uh, standing next to Donald Trump in the Oval Office that <laughs> Newsom supporters circulate heavily on Twitter. <laughs> so it's almost like Faulkner, you know, was trying to thread a needle and now he is kind of stuck with this tie to Donald Trump, which does not play well in California. All right, so next up we have John Cox, who some listeners might recognize as the candidate who ran against Governor Newsom in 2018. Is this the kind of candidate who who kind of shows up at at every election? Or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's run for office in Illinois several times. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, he, he's run um, <laughs> right. here in California. It's funny because he consistently says he's a businessman, not a politician, which I mm-hmm. question a bit if you've run. I think he's run <laughs> at least four times. <laughs> um, so there is at least some part of you that wants to be a, a politician. Um, he was just recently asked, you know, what's different? And he said, well, everything's different because of COVID. So he hmm. believes that this, you know, again, a recall, you never know. <laughs> it it yeah, might give him a better yeah. shot. And what issues does he focus on the most? And are these issues that he's kind of carried with him through each election and the various places where he's ran? Yeah, you know, at least here in California, he talks a lot about the cost of housing. He's a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, his business is based in Indiana. So you'll hear him make the comparison a lot between what it costs to build homes there and what it costs to build homes here in California. Interesting. Uh, again, trying to get at his, you know, businessman yeah, roots. Yeah, yeah. But the politicians keep enacting all these limitations, all these mandates, all these hurdles to construction. I can get approvals in six to 12 months. Here it takes 12 years. You know, he's also said that he does not support statewide mandates for vaccines or masks, uh, possibly letting local jurisdictions, you know, do what they feel is right for their cities uh, and, and counties, even though he and a number of the other Republican candidates are all va- are vaccinated as well. Hmm. Isn't John Cox the one who brought a bear to a campaign event? What was that all about? <laughs> yes, he did. He brought a bear. It was kind of like a like a tortured Beauty and the Beast um, (laughs) uh, Uh metaphor. And he brought this bear around a couple of times. And honestly, that seems to have gotten more attention than anything he actually said. Um, I don't know if he thought in the end that it was worth it because he then transitioned from the bear to a large ball of trash that he was... (laughs) carrying okay. around with him again okay. that didn't seem to really resonate with voters either <laughs> maybe that's a metaphor for something um how so how did john cox do when he actually ran against newsom in 2018 uh he didn't do well uh he got uh, just about 38 percent of the vote uh so newsom beat him handily which i don't know if that bodes particularly well for him in in the recall election Coming up, we'll talk about three more candidates in this recall election. A state legislator, a reality TV star, and a YouTuber. Right after this. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. All right, so we've covered three of the top six candidates, and next up is State Assembly Member Kevin Kiley, who's actually the only member of the state legislature who's running, correct? Yes, he represents the suburbs um, north of Sacramento. And what has he done as a member of the legislature that we could see uh, as, as maybe where he wants to take the governorship? I think he's mostly known for taking stances against Newsom and the Democratic-controlled legislature. Uh, in fact, last year, he and his fellow assemblyman James Gallagher sued Newsom, saying he had exceeded the limit of his emergency powers. Hmm. Um, but that lawsuit was eventually dismissed. Okay, so what issues does he talk about the most then? His big issue on this campaign trail has really been about schools. Ideally, we would have a well-developed school choice system in California Mm -hmm. so that, you know, if you wanted to send your child to a school where masks were required, then you could. And if you wanted them to send them to a mask at optional school, then you could. That's something that a lot of Republicans have been big on, but it doesn't really gain traction here in California. Um, He's also big on overturning vaccine uh, and mask mandates, if any are in place, if he's elected governor. Guy Marzarati and I spoke to him recently on um, KQED's political breakdown, and he spoke a lot about um, school choice and how he really feels that Governor Gavin Newsom has bungled uh, the handling of education uh, during the pandemic. This governor inflicted untold harm on a generation of young people. While his own kids were in private school, so he knew full well there was no good reason for kids to be at home. So let's move on down the line then, Katie. And I want to talk now about the candidate who's probably still the most famous out of these six um, and somebody who I actually haven't heard much about lately. And that's Caitlyn Jenner, reality TV star, former Olympian. What's going on with her candidacy? Honestly, not much. (laughs) I mean, she came in with a lot of fanfare. There were national interviews. You've said that um, California needs a disruptor, in your words, a compassionate disruptor. Yes. But you have never held elective office. Why are you ready to be governor? It was not an easy decision to make Mm -hmm. to do this. It took a lot of time, a lot of talking to people. Uh, But when I finally made the decision and decided to get in, I thought I was very qualified. Why? Because I am an outsider. Since then, she really has been absent. Um, She did a press conference in Sacramento that I attended that lasted, I mean, seriously, 15 minutes from beginning to end. Um, And she didn't answer a lot of questions. She did say she was going to launch a statewide bus tour, but then she flew to Australia to film a reality show. Um, (laughs) I think she has since returned and she did have at least one stop on her bus tour, but really hasn't been much of a, a figure in the race. 
Okay, has Jenner said anything about how she would govern California? You know, honestly, not a lot. Um, She hasn't participated in the debates. She hasn't done a lot of interviews with in-state journalists. So we really don't know much about how she would govern. Okay, well, let's move along then. Uh, Now I want to talk about the only Democrat who is in the top six, and that's Kevin Paffrath. Uh, Tell me a little bit about who Kevin Paffrath is. He's 29 years old. He's really best known for his um, YouTube videos, which share uh, real estate investing tips. Hey everyone, me Kevin here. In my last real estate update, we talked about what it would take for the housing market to crash, how likely it would be to crash, and if it were to crash, how much would it crash? If you haven't seen that video yet, I will link it down below in the description and in the first comments. So, that- so what does he want to prioritize and how you know similar or different is it compared to Gavin Newsom and other Democrats who are running this state? He describes himself really as a centrist. Like a lot of people running, he wants to prioritize um, dealing with the homelessness problem in California. He wants to uh, house all of the state's unhoused residents within 60 days. Folks, I can solve homelessness. Now, I know that is a bold claim, but I also understand that homelessness is caused by economic reasons, mental health reasons. He brings up ideas like building an aqueduct from the Mississippi River to California to bolster our water supply. So things that sound really interesting on paper, but when you get down to the practicalities of it, just probably wouldn't work out. Perhaps one of the leading arguments Democrats might find for voting for Pathrath, if they want to have a a choice in in the second question, is the fact that he says he would appoint a Democratic senator if it came to that. And that is important to a lot of people because, of course, Dianne Feinstein is um, fairly old. And if something should happen to her when, say, you know, Larry Elder was governor, he would appoint a Republican, which could, would, uh, you know, upend the national political scene right. as well. So that is a priority for a lot of Democratic voters. Okay. As a Democratic candidate, is Pafrath telling people to recall Newsom? You know, it's really interesting because he is kind of staying away from question one. If you go to his website, it says, whether you vote yes or no on question one, vote for me on question two. Consider this. If you're a Republican and you want to see things get done, vote yes on recall and vote yes on Kevin Paffrath. If you're a Democrat and you do not support the recall, then vote Kevin Paffrath as your backup option. Because of course, it doesn't matter how you fill out question one, you can still vote on the second question. So that's really been his strategy. Okay. Is Paffrath your only option if you're a Democratic voter and you don't want to leave question two blank? No, there are other Democrats listed um, on the ballot. There are, you know, Green Party candidates listed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, a whole selection. But uh, he has risen to the top as a potential Democratic replacement uh, for Newsom since the the mainstream Democratic Party in California made a conscious decision not to, you know, run anyone as a backup. I feel like the Democratic Party in California has a lot of had a lot of confidence uh, when it was kind of going into this recall election. Has Governor Newsom said anything about these candidates who are running to replace him? Newsom's tact uh, in this race and his supporters as well have, again, been to tell people not to vote 
uh, for a replacement candidate to you know, vote no on question one and leave question two blank. Uh, and it just kind of goes against what we're told to do normally yeah. as voters. So I think it is a bit of a risk for the Newsom campaign, um, but they would rather you not give anyone a vote on number two because, again, to them, huh. Newsom is their candidate and they don't see anyone as an acceptable backup. How plausible is it that one of these six people will actually be the next governor of California? If you had asked me this in the beginning of the year, and I think if you had asked most people this, we would have said, no way, there's no way, this is not going to happen. That's certainly how I felt, yeah. Right. But the closer we get to this election, um, the more plausible it seems. More people could actually vote to keep Gavin Newsom in office. But if he loses that first question, it doesn't matter. Whoever gets the most votes in question two, which Newsom is not on that list, he could not be on that list, uh, that person becomes the governor. Thanks to Katie Orr with KQED's Politics and Government Desk. There are more details about the election, including more on each of the candidates we talked about. You can find that at kqed.org slash recall. You can also learn more about the ballot that voters will be receiving in the mail, including info on what to do if you accidentally fill out your ballot incorrectly. This episode was mixed and edited by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. We get help each week from Issa Mendoza. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and just a friendly little reminder that Friday is going to be my last day hosting The Bay, so you may want to check out that episode. I'll say it again then, but I am really going to miss working on this show and working with this team. We'll have more about all that on Friday, so check it out. The Bay is made by your local public media station, KQED. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.